0: Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, media trainer, and editor of veganbusinessmedia.com, the multimedia blog providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I interview Joy Pearson and Bart Potenza from Candle Cafe, Candle Cafe West, and Candle 79, which are vegan, organic, fine dining restaurants in New York City. This is another audio interview I did for my book, Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Now, Joy and Bart have been in business for several decades, so as you can imagine, they've got a wealth of experience, and they were so kind and generous in sharing it with me. They're a lovely couple, and Joy's name is totally reflective of her nature. Um, She absolutely emanates joy, (laughs) so it was a real pleasure interviewing them, and they also hosted the New York book launch of Vegan Ventures. In this interview, Joy and Bart talk about the number one way to get through the difficult, challenging times faced by small business owners in the beginning, and particularly if you find yourself on the brink of potential disaster, the importance of not compromising your values, even or especially when the going gets tough, the key ingredients that made their business successful over such a long period, and much more. Here's the interview with Joy Pearson and Bart Potenza of Candle Cafe.
1: You're obviously very, very passionate about what you do. What, What was your why? You know, why do you do what you do? Well,
2: for me, I'll start. I'm a nutritionist by training, and I also come from a family of doctors, and I felt that food was the most powerful medicine. And for me, it was, I made the transition by going into Bart's restaurant and having many meals and bringing many of my clients because I was a nutritional counselor. And um, I-, I learned how it was better tasting, better for you, better for the planet. And it's, it was such a beautiful transition for me and for Bart
3: and as a team.
1: Right. Right. So, bought you were already running a vegan
3: restaurant. Yeah, we we had an interesting history. In, in 1984, I I bought what was a, a classic uh, juice bar in New York City. It was called Sunny's Health Food Store. It's one of the first juice bars ever in Manhattan, maybe in 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 the, in the states. And I heard uh, that Ann Lindbergh had her juices there, Mrs. Thomas Dewey, a lot of, it was what we call the, uh, you know, the uh, layout of Manhattan. These are all on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, well, those first two were anyway. And it's quite a uh, hoity-toity crowd up there. So, but the women in particular were into. We had, used to have an expression: women in limousines eat rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> they literally would pull up in driven limos and come in for that food, and it's and nothing more than five hundred square foot place.
2: Five hundred square feet, drawing. and I was a customer. And I'm going to tell you that there were lines around the corner, and that Bart actually. Um, just did it so passionately and he had little um he borrowed from some neighborhood person kindergarten furniture and that's what people were sitting on. Right, yep. Bart?
3: Yeah, oh yeah. We were we were like you know, I well that was before I met Joy. I started, I met Joy in eighty seven. She came in as a customer, became a friend and and his story goes. Katrina, <laughs> I, mean, I made her a sandwich, and her life was never the same. I mean, and that's the truth. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're still trying to remember what was in that sandwich. Right? <laughs> so we've been together 27 years. But you know, lately we've happily we've been getting a press a lot of press, especially with the new cookbook. Thanks to Joy. But well, I find that not, you know it's not about bragging. We speak for our customers at this stage. They tell us every day why they want and need our vegan organic food and that, and that's really the driving force I think at this stage for I I out of Joy would agree with me on Yes, sure and it does. keeps
2: us motivated. We had a customer who actually we didn't even know was eating there every day after chemotherapy and she passed away. And then some one of her friends came in with a dozen yellow roses and said we brightened up her life so much he wanted us to know that.
1: Oh, God, that's lovely. That's yeah, really lovely. there's a lot, a lot of sidebars to all
3: of this stuff, Katrina. Yeah.
1: And, you know, that
2: keeps me going because if you can make somebody's life brighter and better and with brilliant food that's fresh from the farm yep.
1: with no violence
2: and no anger and, you know, really, it's amazing. It's what a gift for everybody.
1: It's so, it's so yeah. lovely to say that because it's just so much more than just running a restaurant, you know, just kind of opening up a food place and serving people food. It's much, much bigger than that. I think that's, that's beautiful. And
2: I would never do it if it was just a restaurant.
1: Right. right. it would
2: not be the business choice I would make
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's an underscores that we both are committed to eating this way for over 20 years now and, uh, and that's very motivating for us obviously
2: yeah absolutely.
3: and it costs a
2: lot of money to do do you know like you're doing it about business it's very expensive because we buy the best quality we don't compromise
1: that was my next question, actually, was how do I, get, cause I was how do you remain competitive? Because, like you say, if you're doing organic and that best quality, um, uh, I wonder how you you um, how do you deal with that challenge to to stay competitive and keep attracting clients? I mean, I'm guessing with you because you've got such a reputation now, um, but just say something a little bit about that. I think the food is addictive. For me, I'm
2: addicted to it. I've been eating it for 25 <laughs> years, and I think people and like Bart says, it makes people feel. Good, so people keep coming back, and people keep telling their friends, and we've, we're feeding a fourth generation, Katrina.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: No. No. Sure. I mean, I
2: say we deliver when you deliver. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: when they're having babies, right we're surrounded by hospitals. <laughs> where we are, by the way. And uh, Many of our best customers are the doctors from these places, and one of them is a heart transplant surgeon, so you can imagine what he sees in the human body when when he's doing surgery. Listen, we often say no one lives forever, but this certainly gives you a quality of life that's uh, unheard of, really, and, well, happily heard more and more.
2: And Bart is 77, which I can't even believe.
3: Yeah, 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 I'm I'm not lying about it, any. I can't lie anymore. (laughs)
2: No, but feeling good is really what attracts people and it attracts us to keep wanting to do it because that's what we want our life force to be, to create
3: more life force. Exactly. One of the questions you asked, uh, we both jumped on it. We said with the energy we have, that's one reason we're able to keep doing it and that's another acknowledgement of the, the vegan, organic uh, quality of life we lead along with the other, all the other green things that Joy will mention to you throughout this uh, interview. We. Uh, we address each day like it's our first day in business in in many ways. Yes. If you know what I mean. It's no way we do not rest on our laurels. We constantly We're only as good as our last meal. Exactly. And I noticed you have several questions related to the economic turndowns and and a lot but I I I've been in the field almost thirty years now and I've been through three or four, maybe five recessions by now. And frankly we don't feel it. People who are committed to health and well being, they they're not likely to give it up. Not likely to give it up. They really hang in there with whatever that might be for them, you know, work out in the gym, a good bowl of soup with us, you know, a yoga class. So it really is a lifestyle choice as, as the cliche would, would go, you know. And we
2: work 24 seven because we love to turn people onto it. Like it's no matter where we are or what we're doing, we're always talking the mission. Right. I mean, not, not ad nauseum because we really don't want to be on a soapbox, but really our food speaks for it. Like, we just love the cuisine, and you know we have a frozen food line now too for people who can't get to us.
1: Oh, is that a new thing, Joyce?
2: How long has it been, for Two years, oh, two and, years, and it's with Whole Foods Market only.
1: Oh right. yeah. Oh, okay, fantastic. Wow. So that's a really that's interesting. So that's the way you've, like you said, you're working on your business, not just in it. So you're you're constantly thinking of new ways to innovate and 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 spread work. the mission. Gotcha. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Oh, That's right. really great. Really great. You said that's obviously an important thing to do. I think a lot of business owners, particularly when they're starting out, they're so busy kind of doing it all themselves and working in the business that they kind of end up treading water and they're not able to step back and allow the business to grow. So right. I'm guessing hearing from you how important it is to, to be able to take that time to, to step back and strategize and do that big picture stuff.
2: But it's very challenging, Katrina, because you do like you can't lose sight of that other. You know, you mean I mean I don't lose sight or take for granted the businesses either. So we're we're still very active in the restaurants as well, right. and yet we do have to look at the bigger picture.
3: Always, yeah. For sure,
2: it is an interesting balance, though. You're that is correct. For
1: sure, what would you say your your current challenges are at the moment and how do
3: you overcome them well i'm looking at one on the page here honey that uh, basically maintaining our mission by having it translate to the new hires and staff that we bring on board we're spending a lot long, more time training which we like to do for, for various roles because it, you know it's one thing for joy now we literally have 200 employees now amongst three restaurants wow. so obviously we can't be everywhere all the time we have a strong management team so we basically, you know, try to pass on our commitment and mission to them and et cetera passes on down. And frankly, some people get it, <laughs> some don't, you know, some never quite get it. Uh, and
2: we're also dealing with all those food allergies and, you know, gluten-free and nut-free.
3: Exactly. And
2: it's a very, that's a very high standard we have and what gives pride to the chef too. It's like they made a birthday cake for... A young boy. He was eight at the time. I he's in college now, oh, Katrina. No. <laughs> but um, he never had a birthday cake before. And because we're oh. dairy free, and because we got him special chip, chips from Israel that had never touched even a dairy machine, that oh, wow. he had his first birthday cake.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah. And great training programs. I think is what Bart was saying. And SOP so everyone knows what's expected and you know, that we're putting something in people's bodies, it's a very high, you know, it's, it's a very high state.
3: I think your your questions were quite broad and interesting, Between one, I guess we're talking the business side somewhat, but it's not about instant gratification. Really. Mm. I think a lot of the young people going to business, are, you know, really trying to be media heroes or something like that. I don't think Joy and I ever, what, what can I say, contemplated or meditated an idea of what it would look like a year from now would be we, we just did it moment to moment. And here it is, you know, literally twenty seven years later, almost thirty, counting the first one. So I don't think we could have projected beyond that, right, Joey? That <laughs> remember we opened the very first one, we sat on the floor and, and <laughs> cried out of joy. And then cried again out of nobody came in for two years. <laughs> we cried again as we were milking the crowd. Oh, that's a quick fun story, Joey. I want to share that with Katrina, how when we moved. Uh...
2: Yeah, you talk about, so we were really, we had, you could have bowled through the place. There was nobody coming in. We had moved several blocks from the restaurant. I told you about 500 square feet that had lines around the corner. And we moved to this new location and no one came in. And we had, you know, raised money and we'll tell you the fun way, we raised some money and we raised money from friends and family and customers and, you know, we had a lot of pressure on us. We had to like make this work.
3: We took no salary. We took Seriously, this is, you might have tell us in your book, that we took no salary for almost two years.
2: I think it was more than that, but yeah. I think Bart has
3: selective memory, but
2: we, um, we sold everything we had. We really like, we were so committed. Um, What was part of my story now that I went back? Well, about Uh, how people... Oh, so I know. know. So we, we decided that maybe because down the block was a restaurant that was serving eggs and dairy. And I said, Bart, I think we need to maybe put that on our menu. Maybe we need to do scrambled eggs for breakfast or something for people and then also offer scrambled tofu. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to do that. And I called an organic farmer and I said, can you tell me how you get milk from your cows because we're very, you know, we really want to make sure everybody's vetted and we know where everything's coming from. So we, so he starts to say to me, we rape the cows. And I said, it's an interesting word. Why would you use the word rape? And he goes, well, that's a term we use in the industry. And I said, "And he goes, we also have rape racks where we put the cows. And I was like, wow. And then I was like, okay, let me overlook that. Keep going. And then cows get impregnated and, and, um, then they give birth. And, and I said, yes. Yeah, so, and we let the baby stay with the mother for a day. I said, you're an organic farm. Why only a day? He said, either lady, you want the milk or you want me to sell the milk. I mean, either you want the milk or you want the baby to have the milk. And I said, I'm very clear. I want the baby to have the milk. Thank you for being so honest with me.
1: Yeah. That was very honest. Honey. Wow. Very
2: honest. And it really did make our decision, like it really was, you know, we thought we would do it. We did try, I think, organic eggs for a day, but I, something about it, I couldn't tolerate the smell in the restaurant, something was really just didn't resonate, so that was
3: done in a heartbeat. <laughs> right. You know, and that's uh, beautifully put by Joy, and that's exactly what happened, uh, we just, were, you know, really the first couple of years was crazy, you know, we had some business, but not enough to meet the nut or, you know, what our expenses were. but. Uh, in New York I don't know what applies in Australia in your book along came the New York Times and we got a very early review and that's a very powerful publication in, in, in yeah. the tri state area and that turned it right around.
2: I mean, people that and Howard Stern. Howard Stern, yeah, we had- and, and we got and we also got um a similar yes, right? a commercial uh, and a visa commercial.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So we felt like we had a dozen. No bones to pick at the Candle Cafe. Right.
1: right. <laughs> nice. And it was a and, free nope.
2: ad. It wasn't we didn't pay for any of it. It was brought to us by somebody who was like a angel investor. And um and but Bart the really the most magical part was Bart has won the New York State lottery. And the first win
3: was Friday the thirteenth.
1: Oh my gosh. That I was the to... seed money in nineteen
3: ninety we won that in nineteen ninety three and that became the seed money for what we built in nineteen ninety four.
1: So
2: Providence was providing for us. We knew we were sort of divinely guided somehow right. because we were felt we were doing the right thing. So that was sort of a confirmation that keep doing it. <laughs> oh wow,
1: that's amazing. Yeah. It. Wait a
2: minute. And he won again, Katrina. Right. Hi. Wait, we didn't That's win a million-dollar game. It was a, a game. We won $53,000. It wasn't enough to open a restaurant, but it was a, you know, it was an, a small amount to know that there was an... There well, was as
3: as we've shared, honey, that when, we, when, when we commit, Providence provides. And we you, committed. You know, yeah. And I said about the reviews and everything else. It seemed to be, not to get too hairy-fairy with you or your potential readers or other entrepreneurs who may want... Uh, Perhaps, I don't know, whatever power you believe in, there was something leading us. I I was recently uh, on a one-on-one basis with a man doing a story, something like this, for a local uh, publication. And What happened is that even the littlest things you have to be aware of, like when we were building the physical restaurant, we would suddenly turn to each other. Oh, my word, I need a a such-and-such screwdriver or a hammer. Lo and behold, someone would walk in. with one of those things on their body with, you know, tools. Probably coming on site anyway. But the point is timing and we still we still have faith in that process. Meaning we seem to be doing the right thing. There's no guarantees in life, we know that. We've seen many, you know, many people come and go in any kind of restaurant business, and, and there are a lot of weird statistics in New York, you know. And
2: we're humbled by the challenges of it. Don't get us wrong; we're still humbled to this yeah. day.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I love that. I guess I'm really loving that the fact that people can know this about you because obviously, from the outside, you seem like amazingly, you know, successful entrepreneurs, which you are. But I think that's really good to hear that even for those first two years you know it wasn't easy and that you you did struggle but you did commit and you manifested you put out the energy that uh, you know, you wanted this to work and it worked. So I think that's a re- that's really good for people to hear because you know, when someone's as successful right, as you, people are right, oh, well, right, you know, it, right. it's different for me, but it's like, well, no, actually, you know, this, this is how it was for you guys. So, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate your uh, you. honesty. You. And edit us
3: anywhere you want to, Patricia. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's, it's very emotionally daunting. And again, later on, one the, of the, your questions, I mentioned the fact that. A mentorship is very important in any business, I think, especially this. And having a great partner like I have in Joy and hopefully... And this, I have in is, uh, ...is really big. So when you can then... Uh, being bad boy that I am, I once put out that I would like to have a woman business with me. <laughs> I've been on my own for about 10 years before that. But another crazy Italian like me.
2: <laughs> anyway,
3: she appeared and the rest is history. But it's something about that. And obviously, as time goes by... You know, we share our strengths and weaknesses, too, and uh, it's, you know, we have our moments. We have our tough moments, but managing a lot of people is a, is a big challenge. And trying to keep everybody, you know, in sync and on purpose is big. Yes.
1: Yeah. That was one of my questions, actually, was how how do you go about finding and keeping experienced and motivated staff, especially, I guess, in the food industry? There's there's be generally quite a high turnover within that industry. So, right. how, how do you go about doing that?
3: Well, Joy, we could both jump on that one. That was good.
2: <laughs> Actually, you had a great answer for that one when you were going through it. You said we do it by offering health insurance, by taking good care of people, caring for people, and you know, um, and feeding them great food, and um, we try to do as much as we possibly can.
3: For- we uh, invite them to take classes, and different we're doing things, everything send them from classes. And you know, now the world is so technically. Uh, solvent, not me, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> One of us is a Luddite on this call, and it's not, Joy. I don't think <laughs> it's you. Uh, I can't hold out much longer, but uh, but we do send them to classes, and we send them to... Uh, Motivational uh, classes. ...green classes. Uh, Joy and I personally belong to a lot of organizations, so animal rights to the, what we call the green movement. You know, we, we're, we're a certified green restaurant, by the way, along cool. with the vegan and organic
2: Committee. Wonderful. And SVN, which is the Social Venture Network, Bart's been a member of for a long, long time, and we love to go to conferences that they have. It's very motivating and exciting, and he's a, a very important person to Green America, which is. Also, the, and he just talked about the Green Restaurant Association, which Bart has
3: even trained other restaurants on how to be green. Yeah, we're oh. the, one of the first restaurants to compost uh, rubbish and uh, do recycling. It's not pretty SOP around a lot, but we were invited to uh, introduce other restaurants. to uh, we, we started that aspect. Bart
2: started that. He was the first restaurant to compost, I think, in Manhattan.
1: Yeah. You're very much a pioneer, I'm hearing. Well, yeah, I mean,
3: and again, we didn't wake up and say, oh, you know, uh, this is something we need. It just seems to be who we are and how we operate in life, you know. We do it everywhere in our life that we can, and we feel it makes a difference.
2: And people teach us, like, teach us, like, to ask if people want straws. Like, others have educated us or shown us videos, and, you know, we're, we're in a nice community. And I think also that's how people want to stay with us, because... There is a nice community of candle family.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Talking about competition, because obviously you, you were a pioneer in doing this. Now, of course, there are other, um, you know, restaurants um, in New York City, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that are, are, are pretty cool as well. So, how do you kind of go about continuing to stand out uh, now that you do have that quote competition? See, I think
2: when you asked that question, I wrote the more the better, but the, but I want them to be great because if they're not great then people have a very bad vision of veganism in general. Right. So I don't consider it competition and I think we continue to stand out because we continue to innovate and we continue to want to be better and we continue to go to trade shows to see what's happening in the industry.
3: I guess you could say we're proactive and keeping you know, our our commitment on, on point like that and, uh, and as we mentioned before we have a lot of mentors and people who we learn from all the time. We've been with Colin Campbell, we've been with Esselstyn, we've been with a lot of the top uh, Dean Ornish, the top medical people who do studies, of course, on this lifestyle as well. Okay. So there's a lot of reinforcement out there, you know, about what we do. But the practical side, which I think you'll get to a little bit more now, into <laughs> of running a business. Yes, is very challenging. I don't know what it's like in Australia or elsewhere, where you might, but New York is very, very expensive. And the whole environment there, when you talk about competition and other people, it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough because the, the rules and regulations change every day about, you know, licensing and, and signage and, and uh, rules for the day type of thing. So you have to be really on top of it. You do. We have full-time yeah. bookkeeping and assistant bookkeeping and, and myself and Joy and uh, most of our work is the paperwork behind the scenes. You know.
2: Right. It's gotten, it's not like it was when
3: we right. had our first two start. <laughs> right. But I must say, Joe, we have to give credit to our chefs a lot. in yes. point Because they're the ones that are really shopping the market a lot. You know, they're doing a brilliant job. But, you know, there I are some s- situations here about pricing now because there's been droughts on the West Coast. Although right now, we get what's called local produce, you know, from the East Coast. Right. So we're fine. But in the winter months, you know, we have to go to Florida or California. Maybe Australia. I don't know what comes from there. That's <laughs> so a big job to uh, price it out every day and have the menu reflect that. You know, have the menu reflect you know what you're paying for things too. So there's a right. big business acumen that I think we both again had it, but we sure was developed through the years and we learned a lot of lessons.
1: Oh, I can imagine, absolutely. And um, we're talking about um, a competition, and well, some of the, the marketing gurus nowadays are saying, "Don't think of anyone as your competition. Think of them more as potential collaborators to do like joint ventures and stuff." With how realistic do you think that is? I'm curious to get your your sort of take on that. I love that.
2: I think the yeah, I think that they are our collaborators anyway. We collaborate with a lot of people, and we love that.
3: Yeah, and when I, when I read that question, I think Joy got it as well. I, I was thinking more we're collaborating with a bigger realm of what I'll call vegans, meaning of the animal rights movement, of course. You know, but like comes, even uh, that
2: uh, collaboration, we have a frozen food line and we have a collaboration with another food company and they're also putting the Humane Society of the United States and Farm Sanctuary on every box, so it's an amazing collaboration. It's There's so much for collaboration. I love that and I think the more the merrier. we got to really spread it. If we're really that small a percentage of the population, we have a ton of
3: work to do. Yeah, I don't know what it is back in Australia but we're both startled very often when there's 300 million people in America and supposedly 2 million vegetarians and or vegans but we just spread that out of the younger people under 18 or of getting into it now a lot more. Oh, know?
2: and you know what else? That's another good Trina, Another good point is that 90% of our customers are not even vegan or vegetarian. Good point. They just, about that?
1: they just They yeah. just love
2: great That's food. Very important point. They're yeah. just good foodies. They love great food, but they don't have the lifestyle. That's Impressive only because at least they're having their plant-based meals with us. But right. it's like, I can't imagine, you know.
3: And the other thing, honey, is they're mostly women, by the way. It's a really, women's, uh, women's driven, driven. business, by the way. By the way. More and more. I see we have the echo from Australia coming back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and then, you know what? I just thought of one thing, and I don't know really what question it answers. But Barton, and I have a no matter what kind of attitude So if we have to go in and clean, like during the hurricane, we had to go in and prep the vegetables because we didn't want to bring in staff. So Chef and Bart and I and whoever was around prepped everything, put it away safely in the walk-in. Like we have the no matter what attitude.
1: I think that's so important. That's a good headline. Right?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's really important that like you're you're prepared to roll your sleeves up and get in there. and, and Yeah. Because, you know, with some businesses, you think, oh, people go out of their business and they become, not diva-like, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, well, I've done that. Now I've got staffed. It. So that's really important, I think, to hear that you guys are like, nope, you're all equal and what needs to be done, you'll go in and do it. That's brilliant. I, I clean that. the bathroom
2: whenever I'm there. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you have to. <laughs> it's like sure. your own home. It's my home. Like, I. Wouldn't go into my home and not straighten it up if it was a little bit of you know what I mean, and if there's a flood or anything, I'm in there. Yes. Like
1: it's we, the family and you call like the candle family and I'm really getting that impression that, you know, right. your staff, your customers are all part of that family. I think it's a really lovely way to look at um, business because I think a lot of business owners, not necessarily vegan business owners, but, you know, some corporations, that almost look at staff like they're commodities. You know, they come in, they do their nine to five, they get their paycheck. Whereas with you guys, I'm really getting the, um, the vibe that it, it's all a family which is pretty yeah. pretty wonderful, yeah. that's fantastic. And yeah. um, just going on a little bit around mindset, because um, you guys sound incredibly you know, self-aware and obviously you know 30 odd years in, in the business. Um, many business owners say that running and owning their business it's the fastest and most effective form of personal development because it forces you to grow as a person. Mm, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I think particularly with your two years of, of struggle, um, you had to really delve deep and, and you know perhaps find qualities and resources you may or may not have known you had. Um, what qualities do you believe are essential to staying the course and running uh, a successful vegan business, particularly when it gets, you know, the times get uh, challenging and difficult?
2: Well, first of all, I'm going to acknowledge Bart, too. He used to put an affirmation up every day to encourage us, too. But I were, we worked 18 hour days. Um, well, there was something else that you said that sort of inspired me that, like, we worked 18 hour days and had to get up and do it again. You know, we were really committed and yeah. Bart really wrote a book even of of inspiration
3: Bart, did you have something else to add? Okay. Yeah, I looked two ways on the one way street, it was sort of a daily word type of thing, but I, I guess what we, we, we touched on a little bit before but you know, it wasn't about it was a lifestyle choice, let's face it with long hours and um, there was something about the pleasure of a job well done I think that Joy and I both share too and you know, somewhat relentless <laughs> Sometimes when maybe I was slacking off, she'd pick up, you know, the or if she wasn't able to be available or something. It was a nice handoff kind of thing. I remember the very first one we, as she said, the eighteen-hour day was quite literal. We we would be open till ten or eleven o'clock or something like that. By the time we closed up and cleaned out, you know, it was more like one in the morning. We happened to live in the neighborhood, uh, so we were, you know, we managed to get some sleep. But then she'd be back on the phone at four or five in the morning with the chef discussing the next day's menu. And, wow. and, and, you know, critiquing what might have happened the day or the night before.
2: It's relentless. Oh, I know it. I used to, I used to think when we came home that we had lived two weeks in one day. Like I, I still used to say, Bart, I don't think people have this many issues in two weeks as we have in one day.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: because if it wasn't a refrigerator or an employee or like it was always something, it was always something.
3: Exactly. It was relentless. And it's not our intention to scare anyone from wanting to go because we obviously do it. I mean, we know entrepreneurs that own not vegan restaurants necessarily, but they own, you know, 10 or 20 enterprises. And somehow or other, they're able to do that, you know, with proper leadership and management. And I I think we've created a unique niche in some ways. And as one of your earlier questions, I think we've we've also at this stage especially taken – Vegan, organic to a, a fine a fine dining experience. Uh, yeah. We, I don't know if you, you probably know, but we feature fine wines and uh, eco bars and in all of our restaurants.
2: Actually, they told me today we planted over ten thousand trees in the rainforest in India, right? Isn't it? And that's because we sold one cocktail with the that was their program from the beverage company. So we like to say we had everything had a mission. You know, alcohol with a mission. All all small. Based, we actually went to the gin mill to look at how our gin was made with the staff. That's
3: fantastic. Yeah, we like connecting with source to right. That's a really good point. You know, we also had a nice history, I would say, of the the, the people we buy from. I mean, we're, we're we're feeding fourth generation, we're hiring third generation, but we're also dealing with suppliers that we've been dealing with for twenty or thirty years too, <laughs> and that's that's great stuff. I mean, especially organic farmers, you know. And, joy often says when they bring that stuff in fresh in the morning and it's on the menu that night, you can't beat that. I don't care what your uh, commitment is.
2: For you know. nutrient density, for freshness, for integrity. Yeah. yeah.
1: For sure. So what I'm hearing is that you need commitment and passion and willingness to develop relationships right. with people. Right. And,
2: and, and I also, uh, supporting other people's businesses, it's sort of what you said before,
3: it's like a community of businesses that care. Right. Right. And, and, and those who are starting out who may not have a business background, who want to do this, I often have, I'll share with, I'll say, younger people, become uh, an apprentice in someone else's operation, you know? Get mm-hmm. them learn it. That's how I learned it fundamentally when I told the candle story, how it evolved to what it is now. I worked for someone else for seven years before I broke out and did my own. Enterprise, that's enterprise.
1: A, that's a really good
2: point. Yeah, really good yeah,
1: point. really good bit of a time. I've been talking, even about though that, nothing
2: though. really prepares you for it. You know, <laughs> 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 I hate to touche that, but <laughs> well, like I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have gotten into it. And this is, I don't know if you want to use this, but I'm not so sure I would have gotten into it if I knew how intense it was going to be. I mean, I would only because the mission is so important to me,
3: and it's a great way to spread the mission for me because I love food. Right. But you're dealing with a perishable item, as Joy often brings up. You know, you're dealing with
2: a retail a operation, hand. a perishable item. Yeah. And a wholesale facility and a manufacturing facility because you're producing your own food.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> it's not like you're coming in and stocking.
3: What might, what might be useful, for Katrina, which i think part of the direction you might be looking at because I have a feeling your journal might be business-related as well as the vegan thing, the dynamic of what we're seeing around, though, there is a lot of new stuff going on. Like when you say competition, there are more juice bars. There are more they're all what we'll call kiosk-type operations, smaller. Doing full-scale large restaurants like we have done, that's not quite as easy. Even some of the high-end restaurants of New York have been scaling down and opening smaller units. It's just a lot easier to manage and expenses uh, can be kept. And, you know, when you run a, the way we do, it, it requires a lot of people, a lot of payroll, yeah. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of taxes and all the rest of it. So, uh, you know, it's nothing written in stone, as they say, and this has been our experience. I also want to now or towards the end of your, your interview or your talk is that just because we did it our way doesn't mean you may have a different or more refreshing way or unique way of doing it, you know, but uh, our experiences yeah. are pretty clear cut, <laughs> <laughs>
2: We've shared them many a time. Fun that we actually made it through them. I haven't talked about it in a long time, Katrina.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, yeah, You're sharing such amazing stuff. So, so I'm guessing, in terms of, um, you know, what kind of steps or strategies or techniques you've used to ensure a strong mental and emotional well-being. I know you mentioned mentoring. Um, it seems you've done quite a lot of personal development, motivational type training. So I'm guessing you think that that's pretty important for this. Very, very oh important. Yeah.
3: Oh yes, yeah. You had right. that passage here about. Meditation. And, uh, we the, and we do diet. it all
1: we do it all
2: yeah
3: i <laughs> think always something and even when like a healer
2: you. comes into the restaurant i'm like oh i love a session or like it right love love it all out of, out of and we also do them. feng shui i don't know we do feng shui at all the restaurants too
1: I'll you. Wow.
2: sacred wow. ceremonies in them we've done sacred ceremonies with uh shamans from peru
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: Played the didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. We believe in also energetics, so we need to really clean the energies in the restaurant a lot. Right,
1: right. That's amazing. This is so cool. You guys are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you say? I know you've touched on it a little bit. If you just, in summary, what would you say have been the key lessons that you've learned through running this business, both whether that's personal or professional? Yeah, see that's that. such
2: a beautiful question, a big question. I- well, I think there's that
3: in that help and startup section that you were uh, sent No, it's
2: like? the end, I think.
3: Um, I had a really sharp, fun thing oh. I said around that one. I'm looking at my page uh, Was it in that section, uh, Katrina? It's the
1: mindset section near the, the bottom mindset section. section. Oh,
3: right, here I see it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, oh well, I wrote to the answer when you said mindset, whether we meditate, coach, self-help, etc. My answer to that was all of the above. <laughs> and Joy just said, "Can't get enough of it." But we do um, happily give that to each other as well. I mean, we have, you know, at times we just know that we need to pull away from it a little bit to get freshness ourselves. You know, we'll, we'll go to other holistic environments, whether that be a, you know, a holistic retreat or a spa. Or something like that, you know, to get our own energy, there's no point doing it if you're going to come from an exhausted state all the time, you know, yeah so, the here it is, the healthier and stronger we are, and we are, the more exciting we make our endeavors, and people pick it up, people pick up that energy level. I have a joke about joy, and it may apply to me too, but when she's in the room, net sales go up twenty percent <laughs> the way she interacts with everyone.
1: Uh, I think a lot of the too. that's a,
3: one of our big challenges with the younger staff that we have. They we we have set up a paradigm that's you know pretty useful for a new employee. They can come in, they'll fit into a slot, whether they be a waiter or a bartender or something. And but people, uh, we could do a whole other study about humanity. I get a little filled up, but people are very distracted these days here in America. I know we could say around, with all the world conditions going on and the bad news everywhere. People are like you know they're, they're, they need a little bit of how can I put it, raining in and you know keeping them excited about whatever is whatever it is you're doing you know whether you made a movie or something. Or you, people have just got so much on their plate, and with social media now, it, it, it's a, it's a dynamic. Everybody is super busy, and once you have them, what I'm trying to say, is once you have them in your environment, be it a restaurant, it's it's important to establish a relationship yeah. with them, and not just treat them like oh here's another person coming in the door, you know. So we're great believers in the acknowledgement, the hello, and how do you do, and did you have a good experience, and can I help you with more water? and So like this part, believe it or not, that's not SOP with most people. It has to be taught. (laughs) It has to be taught.
2: (laughs) So our biggest lesson, though, there's been so many big lessons. I mean, like I said, I think lessons come in so much faster because you're with the public all the time. Right. I'm just trying to think of my biggest lesson, I guess, to stay grounded and be loving. But I think there's probably another better one in terms of, and then, you know, I guess it's, it's that, and to keep a positive attitude, and I think to stay around that language. Exactly. And to remind yourself of that language, because you can get very caught up in a lot of stuff.
3: And I think we have, we have to allow more, as we do the process of other people's input, we're open to critiques and being, you know, told new ideas. A lot of the best stuff comes right out of our staff. You know? well, we
2: had one staff member, they do um, a complaint jar. They don't want complaining on premise. So they did it. They have to put money, a quarter in the complaint jar every time you complain. So nobody's complaining anymore. Plain, stuff, because, but the, yeah, yeah. yeah, but the staff was, you know, they,
1: <laughs> but they came
2: up with that.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant.
2: I think it's so brilliant. Just they, that's a good so, point. To but, make it, you yeah, know what? I, to make it fun and celebrate every day. I think is my greatest lesson because we've had so many customers, and I've had two very, very close friends die this year, who I spent a lot of time with during their dying process, and she really taught me really to celebrate every day, and so no matter what we do, and I think Bart teaches me this every day too. Is there's no separation, whether I'm doing dishes. Or I'm entertaining somebody at the restaurant mm-hmm. of a celebrity status. It doesn't didn't no
3: different. Yeah, quite a blend, yeah. yeah.
1: So lovely! You've got such an amazing attitude. This is just gold, you know. I'm just <laughs> so looking forward to sharing this with people because it's so important. Um, what if any? Uh, just onto the yeah, the help, uh, professional help and startup section. And I'm, I'm guessing you mentioned mentors. I'm just curious: have you used over the years sort of other um, professionals like, such as I don't know business coaches, marketing professionals, PR people at
2: all? We've used some um, some consultants, yes some business consultants and people who have been in the restaurant business for longer than we have to learn more. And we have sought out, you know, we've learned also another great lesson, I think, is when you don't know something to go to the professionals. Like if you don't know something about a legal matter, go to a a lawyer. (laughs) Right. And so, yes, we have used them. You know, I don't know if we've been completely... um, you know we've taken what we've taken from it. It's been
3: right. it's been um, uh, it's been rewarding. More the practical side of running the business. They weren't exactly aligned with our mission in each case, but they might have had background on on what on wine service or on, on how to uh, have your bottom line look better or something like that, or how to now here in New York we deal with the Four Seasons. So you know there are times like, in the summer we get somewhat quieter, so you have to sometimes adjust. You know your personnel and how you use people at times like that. So I think that's important. Where whoever your readers might eventually, wherever they open, it, the climate's a big factor too. You know that influences the menu. And now
2: we're yeah. also consultants for other restaurants. Exactly, we've been, we've been hired to actually help people do it since we're we now have seen a lot.
1: So <laughs> estimate. <laughs> Absolutely. What would you say is your opinion, I maybe touched on this a little bit earlier when you said like for example going to be an apprentice or working someone else's business, but what in your opinion are the key things that people need to take into account, you know, they kind of get all excited and think, right, I'm going to start my own business, it's going to be a big run business. Um, What do they need to take into account before making that jump from employment to self-employed?
2: They need to make sure they're properly financed. Right, exactly. Because going in under finance can be very brutal, and what I didn't understand when we first went into business was that even though you could be doing business that you're still not you still need something called like a bridge loan because it still doesn't generate um enough to to sustain and and I never really understood that you know at first
1: got it. So, and you've already touched on how you funded your business. Which is right. right. And
2: we, you know, we borrowed money from, you know, different people, even during some desperate times. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. When, um,
3: when our payroll was bouncing.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But,
3: because the revenue, the revenue stream, meaning the expenses of running a, a place or quite ongoing they don't go
2: away
1: <laughs> no matter what happens whether you get
2: sandy or whatever the you know so you have to really plan for that
1: for sure. I think that's really important. So I know a lot of people kind of go, oh, yeah, I'll just quit my job and go do it. And it's good to hear that. It's good to I guess, have that excitement and that passion and that commitment, but at the same time, right. having that reality right. check as well, right. being prepared. So that's, that's good. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. And um, you have
2: to do in that attitude of, you know, when the dishwasher didn't come in, I had to wash dishes. Right. So I had that attitude of no matter what, I learned every job and I'm going to do whatever it takes. because anything can happen. (laughs) You're relying on human beings. You're relying on machinery. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of stories, but I won't bore you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you hit on something big, though, because for me, especially at a personal level, because I grew up in a, the Italian American background in, in Brooklyn, New York and no one was handy, no one even knew how to change a light bulb and I wound up in the restaurant business with two hundred pieces of equipment
0: to be maintained
3: and looked at all the time. The point what about that is well, yeah, what we've learned, Joy and I, Katrina, is that whoever opens whoever wants to reading your book, invest in the best equipment. It cannot compromise on your equipment. This is going to cost you one way or another by replacement or repairs or.
2: And don't compromise on your values if you want to do something. Do it exactly because when I wanted to compromise, you know that I learned a lot. But it would have been I, to stick with the mission was really what I wanted, and I did it. Actually, I just picked a beautiful jalapeno pepper out of our
3: garden. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> a modest garden where we live as well. <laughs> Yeah. Were, you, were you hoping to uh, uh, write a book that was for a uh, startup vegan restaurants Katrina or, or
1: um, not just restaurant but basically um the aspi- so aspiring vegan business owners and entrepreneurs but also I think existing bi- vegan business owners will get a lot out of it particularly some that have been you know maybe not been going quite as long as you guys so it's really um it's kind of a book that I know I would like to have read and I couldn't right. find Around it, and once I started bouncing the idea, people going, yes, yes, you have to write it. It's so cool. So, um, yeah, it's really to 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 help people, um, particularly those who are wanting to or in the early stages of their vegan business, or those that want to that are existing but want to grow. Um,
2: you know. Wonderful. What's and the, Katrina, will we be able to read it before? Will I be able to to look at it before you print it?
1: Oh, yes, what I'm going to do uh, with, um, with, um, with all the contributors, what I'll do is I'll email you your quotes in context so you can just make sure you're happy with, with those. Okay.
3: Yeah. That's okay. wonderful. Do you hope to have it be something you would use uh, internationally or are you trying to do it for oh, the Australian market? Or?
1: No, it's very much international. So a lot of people I'm interviewing are from the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the UK. They're the kind of four countries I focused on. I mean, I know there's Asia and there's other countries, but it, it was just getting a bit unwieldy. So I focused on those four. But I mean, I've already got people from like Denmark signing up saying, let me know when it's ready. I want to read the book just out, out of interest. So yeah, I think it's definitely um, definitely global for sure. How exciting. Yeah, it's great. As
3: Joy said, if we could be supportive in any way, um, I mean, I. There's so much. There's so many layers to everything we've shared with you, and you got it. You got the picture. You got the whole picture. Nothing, no other agenda, but uh, the individual stories that evolve. I mean, we've we've also written a lot on our subject too. We've had a lot of, you know, been published quite a bit in trade journals and stuff like that. So, uh, I like I like that personally. I mean, so is Joy. My vegan ham well, well, Joy, tell her about your other your other major commitment to the school lunch program oh, in yeah. New York.
2: I am the board chair for the New York Coalition for Healthy School Food, and actually called the Coalition now for Healthy School Food. And I work with the Department of Education, Department of School Food, and we're developing plant-based recipes. And we're actually um, working uh, on—we have a a plant-based menu, an alternative menu they call it. It's not actually all plant; it has some dairy in it. But they're implementing it in some schools, and we have our first vegetarian school in Queens.
1: I read about that on social media. I shared that. I was so excited. I didn't know you were involved in that. It is so
2: exciting and we've done family dinner night at that school and I had a woman jump on the table once in a school in Harlem and she said my cholesterol is lower, my diabetes is gone, I'm no longer asthmatic, my blood pressure is lower. I mean she was just and she goes and I lost 16 pounds and just because my kids in this program. So that has been extraordinary for me.
3: It's a rippling effect. You could hear just spreads. You know, we have a lot of missionaries. We, we we feel, I once rough figures, we have fed over 5 million vegan meals in the last 20 years. McDonald's does that in one day, of course. <laughs> it took us 20 years to get there. But the point is, every one of those, you know, we're, we're here talking and talk with you, but all these satisfied people are out there talking the mission with us or
2: yeah. for us, you know, in their communities
3: and their Households, etc., and we're coming into the Thanksgiving period in the states, and that, believe it or not, is one of the busiest days of the year for us. We have a wait yeah. list of a hundred people sometimes. Do
1: oh, you? that's so good. I love here. That's what I love when I came there. I came on a Saturday night, and it was just so busy. And I remember saying to to my, my brother, I was like, "I said, see, I said, you know, you must come back here. I said, see how busy it is." And I was just so <laughs> happy. I'm always happy when I see a vegan restaurant busy with lots of people. I'm like, yes, it just makes me feel really good. Me so. too. <laughs> That's oh, wonderful.
3: <laughs> when might you have a chance to come to New York again, Katrina? Would
1: you? Um, I'm not sure. I was there two years ago, so I'm hoping possibly next year. Like once the book's out, um, I want to try and come to some of the festival, like the vegan um, events and festivals internationally. So, um, so as soon I, I hope, possibly next year. I, I'm going to manifest. Think? I'm going to take a leaf out
2: of your book. I'm going to manifest that and put that out there. Put it out there. I I live with the secret.
3: (laughs) One other important thing about what Joy and I have developed, um, you know, a lot of these units that do vegetarian or or restaurants, they're what we call chef-driven. We've made chefs part of our family. You know, we're not literally the chefs in our restaurants, so we've had to develop a very strong, what they call back-of-the-house team, and they've been with us anywhere from 10 to 15 years, the key players. Oh, okay. So some of the people in my region might be coming out of gourmet schools or, or being chefs, so that's a different dynamic. If they're used to what we call back of the house, they have to create strength in front of the house, either with a partner or management or something like that. Do, do you get do you get what I mean, Katrina?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because the,
3: the practical side is so important besides the creative side.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's no good making great gourmet meals and nobody's coming in and eating them or they're coming in and they're not having a good customer experience. Exactly,
3: exactly.
1: Sure. Guys, in terms of the word, like using the word vegan in your marketing materials, you know, there's two schools of thought. And one is that, oh, you know, you shouldn't really use it because it might scare people off. And the other is, well, it's actually clever niche marketing. What are your thoughts on this over the years in terms of the prominence of the word vegan that you've used and whether that's changed over the years?
2: We haven't used it in our restaurants and we feel it does attract, we use the word organic. Right. And in our frozen food line, it's called Candle Cafe Vegan. Right. Because we want to distinguish ourselves as being, you don't have to worry, we have a vegan line, because that's always been my thing, is like when you go into the market, you can't really distinguish what's vegan, and you have to look
3: through everything, right? Yeah. Right. I I wrote down that part of that question, no point being vegan without being organic. I mean, that's our commitment. So we had an easy time of just how could I put it, emphasizing both concepts in our literature, our signage, and so on. So I think the organic buzzword, frankly, became more powerful the last few years in the general uh, feeding frenzy of America. People were buying, if they were not vegetarian or vegan, they were buying organic meat, organic milk, you know, juice. So the organic word was big. We yeah. married it with vegan, so we had the one-two punch there that way.
2: Right. How did you go vegan, Katrina?
1: Um, I went vegetarian when I was 11 when my mum told me that the beef burger I was eating actually came from a cow and I was horrified so I stopped eating um, fish and um, you know uh, burgers and stuff um, and then when I was uh, about 1997 um, I got back into I'd been involved a little bit with animal rights um, and, and then came away from it and then I got back into it and I was on a bus on a demo to close down a, a farm that bred kittens for vivisection um, and a school teacher next to me just asked me what I was eating in my sandwich and I said oh it's cheese and marmite and she said oh right and she said should I'm a vegan and I said oh what's that and um, you know I said oh my cheese is vegetarian and then she explained to me about like you said the dairy industry um, and I was shocked I had no idea and I, yeah, thought, like, I was shocked too and I felt, that was the yeah, final
3: hit for us too we went to one of well we went to a good place we went to one of the sanctuaries where the animals were saved and uh, we saw all the videos and the films about the other stuff pretty horrific
1: So I just went vegan, pretty much then and there, I just went, okay, and I sent off my animal-free shopper from the UK Vegan Society, because I'm from the UK originally. Um, and the next time I went shopping I went there and it took me about three hours three times the amount of time It would because I was checking all the ingredients and all the rest of it But there was no turning back. I think once the my eyes were opened I was just like wow and I felt guilty I thought oh, I've been vegetarian for all this time, but you know I've been wearing leather shoes and belts and drinking. <laughs> and I might not have known this so I, I beat myself up for a while and then I kind of got over that. And I'm like, well, okay That gives me a better understanding of you know of not judging other people because everyone's on their journey and remembering that You know I wasn't born vegan um so yeah sure. that, that was- and that is
2: so important all of those are the biggest lessons i've learned too first of all opening my eyes i didn't realize i remember when customers that i said do you realize where your leather shoes come they go really like they opening your eyes is amazing and then to be on that journey that's amazing i love that story feels like the same for us and we weren't born vegan either i certainly right. wasn't
1: Right. Oh yeah. And
2: once you learn it all you can't you can't look back and also not to beat yourself up is a great lesson too, isn't it, for all of us.
1: What <laughs> yeah. a wasted time. Exactly. <laughs> it nobody. I like, once I clicked that I was like, okay, yeah, I get it now. I'm just being just being self indulgent, you know. It's kinda of like let's put the energy somewhere positive and do something good. And
2: that's it though. Oh, that it really is really it for any new business owner too. It's like put the energy into doing something positive. Right. Yeah,
1: for sure. You know, you mentioned, I know, Bart, you mentioned you're uh, a bit of a Luddite when it comes to technology, which made me laugh. In terms of the business, then, in terms of marketing and the kind of marketing strategies that you use, um, what are you finding the most effective? And if you're on a social media, like particularly with social Take media? Take it
3: easy, you two. Well, I'll hand a lot of that to Joy, but <laughs> off the top of of course, word of mouth is still the best. And since we're such an in our personal case, in this market, we, we get a lot of press through the years. Uh, we have a, by right now, a press kit that's probably, you know, 20 pages deep with cutouts. And Joy did a live TV appearance this very week, by the way, uh, for her new cookbook on, on local uh, TV. So that was a big impact. But Joy, I'll tell her about Facebook and Twitter. And well, the-
2: we, have, we have, I'm not very good at it either, to be perfectly honest. It's not my bailiwick. Um, but we have people in the organization who do it. Do I know how effective it is? I don't really know how effective it is. I think it's effective if you have a message to put out, but I think people are deluged with messages. So, um, I, I don't use it that well right now. I think we use it okay as a business, but we don't. And to be perfectly honest, we don't have a marketing plan per se.
3: But apropos of that, only, we are on a lot of. Apropos other, to that, we do have a great marketing thing that's right, happened. Right. But we're on dozens of other people's websites. Yes. and we. Everybody, Green or Animal Rights, we're on those. We get a lot from something called Yelp in the New York area. I don't know if you heard of that at home. Yeah, it was one of those, you know, uh, where they recommend places type of thing. But the customers write in, so it's based on reviews from customers.
2: But and we are looking at marketing marketing strategies now because the world has changed a lot since Bart and I started.
3: Without a yeah. doubt. This very week, we we stopped in where you ate at 79, and there were 20 Japanese eating in the restaurant. And they had heard about it from some network. Of they said the in Internet. So that's happening, right. The and we
2: get also a lot of
3: Japanese, um, what are they called? Like guides? Guides, no, no, travel guides. We're in a lot of those. And there's a lot of how can I put it like you're doing. There's a lot of themes that we that apply to us. You know, whether someone's doing a a sports thing, like during the tennis matches in New York last month, there was another film crew there doing a a story on the Williams sisters because apparently they were eating all and mostly vegan. Yes, yeah, I with that. Yeah. So that was fine. And jo- Djokovic, the other guy, we we have fed him. Gluten free, gluten free. But on a given day, as Joy said, so two people from Australia, they, they have yeah. found us in your guidebooks or wherever. In other words, if someone pulls up vegan wanting to come to New York and they're living in Australia, we're going to pop up.
1: Well, you did. When I did a search, you came. When I was, I typed in vegan restaurants in New York City, and you guys came up. And then I asked a friend of mine who'd been to New York recently, because the last time I was there before two years ago it was like twenty years ago. Oh, I said to her, "You know what? Do you recommend?" And then you were actually the first that she said. I said, "Right, where do I need to eat?" And she ran me. And I said, "Look, I'm only there four days." Um, and she said, "Candle town And when I went on your website, I actually really liked your website as well. I'm like it really kind of gave that impression of kind of fine dining. I was drawn to it, so I'll just give you that. Theme. But just as a yeah customer. Um, I was very much drawn to it, and I'm like, right, yeah, that's where I want to have dinner with with Sam. So yeah,
2: yeah. that's
1: <laughs> what so marketing is definitely working. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> well we get <could>, and <laughs> we do. We have employees, you know, we have management that is very into it, and young people who are very excited about developing it. So right. we will have to figure out a plan that works for the for the employees we have and that that won't distract
3: us much. <laughs> yeah, we, take, we take comment cards in the rooms, too. So yeah, after great. all these years, we literally have thousands of people's emails that we've put into our system. So like announcing a new cookbook or something of that nature, that goes out to that list.
2: That's yes.
3: It's yeah. That type of thing.
2: And that's a great thing. So we invited everybody to our cookbook signing party that we had in Dumbo, Brooklyn. So we do have that. And I think we have more than we think we do. Oh, for sure. And we have a lot of Facebook, you know, Excitement, And then we just paired up with um, Earth Balance. I don't know if you know their product, but they have a wonderful butter, a vegan oh, butter. Okay. It rings a bell.
1: It rings. It rings.
2: And they, they did a giveaway of our book, and they had, you know, what did they have? They had thousands of hits on it. It was amazing.
1: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, that's all my questions. Look, Thank you so much for your time. It's been so lovely talking to you. Um, thank again, you,
2: Katrina. So good so good you. We love talking to you too.
0: So that was Joy Pearson and Bart Potenza from Candle Cafe. You can find out more about them at candlecafe.com. And you can find the link to that as well as Candle Cafe West and Candle 79 at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. And now for our vegan business news roundup. Hampton Creek, makers of Just Mayo, have announced plans to expand far beyond egg-free sandwich spreads. In an interview with Fortune magazine this week, founder Josh Tetrick said the San Francisco-based food company will roll out 43 new products, including pancakes, brownies, dessert mixes and salad dressings, and apparently 38 of the new products will not be mayo. But that alone is not the only big news. These products will be available in large retailers, starting with Walmart and Target. Tetrick told Fortune that the company was never going to be only a mayo business, and its vision is to make plant-based foods more accessible to the masses. Now, obviously, this is fantastic news because that's exactly what we want, but it'll be interesting to see how they fare with these mega retailers because vegan product businesses can often get screwed by supermarkets (laughs) and there's no nice way to say that. So I'm just going to call it like it is. And I've certainly heard examples about this happening. Hopefully with the massive public profile that Hampton Creek has got after being catapulted into the spotlight when Unilever sued them, saying they couldn't call just mayo mayonnaise because it didn't have egg in it, hopefully all that publicity and public profile will go some way to protect them from any potential issues. But it's great news and I'll certainly be watching this with interest and reporting updates here on the podcast. Miyoko's Kitchen has added two new products to its inventory of vegan cultured nut products. Apparently, they're not allowed to call them cheese because of certain US laws. But essentially, the company produces amazing vegan cheeses. (laughs) I absolutely love Miyoko's cream cheeses. They're delicious. They're organic. They're healthy. And founder Miyoko Shinner is an amazing entrepreneur based in California. So I'm thrilled that they have launched a couple of new products. So the first is European style cultured vegan butter, which the company says cooks, bakes, spreads and tastes like butter. It's made with organic coconut oil and organic cashews. And this is pretty big. It's made without palm oil. But wait, there's more. It's also gluten free. <laughs> I love how we can have these healthy products uh, and food that are also amazingly delicious. So very excited about that. And the other product will delight those of you wanting a delicious melty cheese. Vegan Mots is, according to Miyoko's Kitchen, just like traditional buffalo mozzarella only without the cruelty, of course. <laughs> Miyoko's products are available at selected Whole Foods market stores and other speciality grocers across the US. And the company is currently expanding their distribution. Well, that's good because I want to get my hands on these. <laughs> A vegan ice cream parlour has opened in London, in Soho, which is right in the centre of town. Yorica on Wardour Street is already racking up a heap of media coverage, including reports in The Evening Standard and The Independent. It claims to be London's first allergy-free restaurant. All its products are free from nuts, dairy, gluten and eggs. And all animal products, which is fantastic. Now, a look at the company's social media channels reveals an amazing array of colourful, delectable, yet healthy and cruelty-free treats, including ice cream, which is made from rice milk. And this is important because, you know, a lot of vegans are happy about this because often when we go out, we only get to choose sorbets rather than actual ice cream. Uh, The company also is producing frozen yoghurt and shakes. The toppings are pretty amazing too. They include marshmallows, chocolate sprinkles, gummy bears, and much more. And I can't do it justice just by talking about it, so do go and check out the photos on Yorika's social media channels. It's spelled Y O R I C A. And you can bet it is first on my list to visit on my next trip to London. I'm actually from London originally. And in fact I used to live in Soho, so I'm very happy to see this fantastic new business startup. And finally, Australia is set to get its very own vegan magazine. Australian Vegans is the brainchild of vegan publisher extraordinaire Kathy Devine. Kathy's published Plant-Powered Women, which I'm proud to have a chapter in, Plant-Powered Men, Vegans Are Cool, and Everyday Vegans. And in addition to all these books, she also runs the Vegans Are Cool website, featuring interviews with vegans across the globe. Australian Vegans is part magazine and part journal, and what's particularly unique about it is its focus on ethical leadership, and its aim to not only appeal to vegans, but also to get the publication into the hands of influencers in business and politics. At the time of this report, there's a crowdfunding campaign happening on chuffed.org, and funds raised from this campaign will help to support the printing of extra copies to go to these influencers. The first issue features a diverse range of articles from Australian contributors. I'm pleased to have a piece on how vegan businesses are playing an important role in spreading the vegan message. And you can find out more about Australian vegans at australianvegans.com.au. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving in a review and a rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. I'm Katrina Fox from veganbusinessmedia.com and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Bye for now.